1: MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of... The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. 142nd episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing?
1: I am doing well. This is an amazing Thursday. Uh, just a lot of good, a lot of things, a lot of things going on in wrestling. A lot of good things going on. Some rough stuff going on in the world. We will definitely not get involved with that because this is right. the proclivity for positivity. But I am excited. Uh, we are we watched Dynamite yesterday, and we are recording Thursday night, the twenty fourth to twenty fifth morning for uh, you know that means the next Dynamite in Jacksonville, Florida. Your boy. Floyd. Will there be you there. go. I will be there. I am so excited to get back to traveling. Uh, the last trip I went on to it was Wrestle, uh, Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble was my last trip. I did not enjoy that weekend at all. You know, cuz something else happened on that Sunday. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about that. So, no, it was not a great weekend. So, back back home to florida and i say that loosely because i am oklahoma pretty much bred i was not born here but bred i've been here since i was three but my home away from home especially over the last couple of years has been the great beautiful state of florida spe- specifically jacksonville florida so i am very happy that next week I will be back in that beautiful city of Jacksonville and the amazing city of Orlando, and I will be seeing Galaxy's Edge at Disney. Oh, oh man. I am am pumped. I am pumped. I've had to deal with some stuff this year, so it's going to be a much-needed break from everything.
0: Are you going to make a step towards uh, Universal, or is it just purely Disney for Galaxy's purely Edge?
1: Purely Disney. Uh, okay. Ha- financial things happen. Can't make Universal happen. Fair enough. But uh, our, uh, we got a friend hooking up. What's up with tickets to Disney. We're going to do Galaxy's Edge. We're going to be there all day. We're going to eat. Uh, I believe Tiffany's going to make a droid. We're going to do
0: all. Are you going to make a
1: lightsaber? That's gonna be like a play it by ear situation for me. I, I I am I like Star Wars, right? I feel like making the lightsaber is for people who love Star Wars. So fair enough, yeah. yeah I mean, she's always been. Uh, she's a big fan of the droids. That's her thing. So that's why we're definitely going to straight to create a droid and i want to get on the millennium
0: falcon and stuff oh, yeah. like that i want to do
1: i want to do the good stuff
0: you you'll have to tell me how rise of the resistance is uh that ride i've heard so many great things about so Dude, um, i
1: didn't even know it was a ride like i honestly am going to discover most of the stuff just being
0: there right i i've seen a lot of things about it and it looks unreal and how cool it looks is it like um, a 3d ride or a roller coaster? no i don't it's not 3d um it's 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 a uh, okay so i, I you, this is where you're gonna learn i'm a bit of a theme park uh a theme theme park lo- lover so i know like the terminology it's a dark ride so like it's a, it's one of those rides that it takes place inside of like just confined areas and it's built stuff it's not like 3d like spider-man is in universal but it's a trackless dark ride so it's got like digital graphing of like where the the vehicle moves there's no track that it follows so it's it's really cool i've rode a couple trackless dark rides before like at, i think SeaWorld had one actually for like their penguins exhibit it's actually really crazy how it works um but it's Whew, I've seen videos of it. I spoiled it for myself because I knew it was going to take forever for me to go. So I just couldn't help myself. It It's unreal, dude. Like, I mean, for sure, Tiffany's going to lose her shit. <laughs> she's going to lose her mind over it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm glad I get to be the one that, you know, make sure we get there. Uh, you know, she's dreamed about going and i was just like, man, let's go. Let's go whenever, you know, we need to make this happen. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I definitely hope you have fun with that. We got a lot to talk about, though, on this episode of All Things Elite. But before we get into everything, including the big news of the week, we have to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And if you're so inclined to, you can leave a rating and a review, or you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle excuse me but the easiest way for you guys to support us is following us on social media on twitter we are at at elite pod at social suplex are the guys that make this show possible please check out all the other shows they have on their network i am at austin sumowitz s-z-u-m-o-w-i-c-z floyd is at floyd johnson jr on twitter and the big news of the week was that on this episode of Dynamite that we will be getting into very shortly. They announced that Double or Nothing is indeed heading back to Vegas. It will not be at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. It will instead be at the T-Mobile Arena, home of the Vegas Golden Knights, a.k.a. the most toxic team in the NHL. Uh, Regardless... Uh, Double or Nothing will be coming back to Vegas, and AEW Dynamite and Rampage will be taking place at Mandalay Bay. I can't think of the name of the arena. It's named after a beer. No wonder I don't know the name of it. But AEW Double or Nothing will be back in Vegas, and I can tell you right now, me and Sydney are absolutely trying to go to that. Um, I desperately – I mean, we've we've made every single Double or Nothing except for – uh, the one without fans, and then the one that was the first show, first AEW pay- paper pay-per-view back with fans. So I am, I really want to go to this show. Um, so I'm, uh, you can definitely expect to see at least me down there in Vegas for that show. Um, but yeah, no huge announcement though for Double or Nothing, and uh, tickets go on sale I believe next Friday for the shows. So, there.
1: This is good and bad. Vegas, baby. Me and my wife have always said we were going back to Vegas when uh for double or nothing. We had already said it. I've literally already have the hotel booked for Vegas. And it, and people are like, like, How'd you know? I'm like, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's in Las Vegas. I mean that's what it's gonna be. And then they announced it yesterday and someone's like, Huh. I was like, I told you. But in true AEW fashion, I I love this company. You no one Not a lot of people love this company more than me, but they choose the most in-fucking-convenient times to put tickets on sale. (laughs) 10 a.m. specific time, Friday, March 4th, which we all know means there will be a pre-sale on Thursday, and that's the real on sale. The Thursday pre-sale is the real on sale. That's when you get the good tickets, right? What did I just say I was going to be doing when I earned Linda? What did we talk about? You were going to be in Disney. At Galaxy's Edge. So at 1 o'clock next Thursday, when I'm supposed to be trying to buy tickets, I will be in the middle of Galaxy's Edge, probably waiting in a line to try to get tickets. (laughs) Thank you, AEW, for putting the tickets on sale When I'm literally in town for the next, for the show, for the current show, you couldn't give me a fucking week?
0: Yeah, and, and I will say too, like we're we're dealing with a little bit of the issues too, because like my my parents have already booked the flight for uh, Vegas to get there, and since like uh, COVID restrictions are starting to loosen up again, um, and people are able to go on planes, and now I know CDC is looking like they're going to be rolling back some mass mandate uh, requirements and stuff like that. Uh, Goddamn, if prices for flights haven't skyrocketed. Like, we are we are eating a bullet when it comes to just paying just to get to Vegas. So, I mean, first off, shout out to my parents for, again, helping us get to Vegas as well. Um, we are going to make sure that we do not take up the entire weekend uh, with wrestling. We're going to actually do stuff that they want. I did suggest Silk, Silk Sonic, but those tickets are also crazy expensive. And it's just kind of like we might have to pass on that. Though I would love to see Silk Sonic in concert. But I am – Still, despite all of that, crazy excited. I hope Floyd is able to still get tickets while he's in Galaxy's Edge. This man always finds a way to get tickets, no matter what. So I, I have faith in him to be uh, able to I, do so. I,
1: I will definitely figure it out. And the great thing about it is, we do do the drive to Vegas. It's a sixteen-hour drive straight forty west from Oklahoma City. Uh, it's one like so. I've talked about drives. There are two. <laughs> amazingly easy drives from, from Oklahoma City, and I would have never thought about it for me. One, Atlanta. Straight 40 East. Never have to get off the highway. You can throw the bitch on cruise control. Literally more... I have driven... Uh, I have driven shorter distances and used more fuel than I do when I go to Atlanta, because it is just a straight shot, right? It's just It works for cruise control and maintaining gas. The other one is Las Vegas. You literally go Forty West. You get to the end of Forty West, and you can either go. It's two ways you can go. You can go right <laughs> and go to Vegas, or you can go That's like it. straight and go to uh, Los Angeles. It is the easiest effing drive ever. And you like basically you get to Nevada, jump over. You go over the mountains and you're right in Vegas. So we, we like to do that trip. It's a good trip. We actually went to Vegas, drove to Vegas on our honeymoon. So uh, this is a trip that we're used to doing. So very happy to go to Vegas. I, I, I've been to Vegas three times. You know the one thing I have not done yet? What is that? A Vegas buffet. Like a real <coughs> Vegas buffet. Ooh. I've never All done right. it. I've never done it. So we're gonna go to one of the bigger hotels, you know, drop to fifty or sixty dollars. It's so funny because this hotel date you and tell you how old I am. It used to be in movies about Vegas. it was like you could go get a steak shrimp buffet for like eight bucks. That was the whole thing, and if you won, they'd cop you it now no, no dude sixty bucks they they it's gonna be it's it's the cost of a meal it is. You, you're you're paying for your steak and your shrimp and your filet mignon or whatever they have on the oh back. yeah. But I am very excited to try it, and I'm gonna do it on a night after I'm done with everything, so I can get so full and I can just go home and lay in my gluttony.
0: All right, well that that'll be a fun time, I'm sure of it. Yes,
1: I'm hoping they do something big, uh, like you know, there's this word that's been going, uh, there's this name that's been going around spoken in hushed tones for the people that got to experience it uh, with nothing but love and rebelty. It was this thing called Starkast.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-mm,
0: sexy-ass starcast. Don't we, don't we forget. No, yes. we
1: never forget. If you see on the thing, on the post, it shows <laughs> there's going to be a three-ticket package, Dynamite, Rampage, and uh, Double or Nothing. What's not on there?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean
1: FanFest is not on there. So maybe they're not gonna maybe they're not gonna be running Fanfest. Yes. Please I pray to the gods and raise my hands to the air. I (laughs) can just get Starcast back. Conrad, save us. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I respect everything aew does, but God Lord Starcast was just a different experience
0: It was so unreal dude yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's so crazy to think of how long ago that time was dude, I call
1: it a wrestling convention flea market it was just beautifully done so yes, I am putting it out to the world with a whisper starcast starcast
0: Starcast come on back baby Starcast I don't know what that is
1: Starcast come on baby no come <laughs> all
0: on all right. Back. Well, let's get into our AEW Dynamite review from February 23rd. And this Dynamite took place in Bridgeport, Connecticut. A show in Connecticut, huh? Interesting. I'm sure that'll be brought up again. Uh, We opened up the show with a tag team battle royale to decide who would be one of the two teams that will be advancing to AEW Revolution to be in the triple threat tag team championship match against Jurassic Express. The teams that were in part of the uh, battle royale were 2.0, The Dark Order with Alex Reynolds and John Silver, Uh, Private Party, The Ass Boys, Uh, the best friends with Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, the Young Bucks, the Butcher and the Blade, Santana and Ortiz, FTR, and Red Dragon. So there was a lot of really fun spots with this open battle royale. Uh, Of course, we got a great Ass Boys chant, which the Austin gun and uh, the other other one, uh, Colton gun. (laughs) Uh, They did not take that uh, very well. Um, Also, Santana had an outstanding little moment for uh wrestling gifts where he just gives a nice little smile and a thumbs up behind uh one of the I, I can't remember who he was behind. I think it was one of the ass boys, but it was so fucking funny. Honestly, like I had a pretty sl- pretty good idea of who was going to win this, but god if I didn't want uh Santana Ortiz to pull off a upset and get this uh win cuz it would have been unbelievable. I mean, they he Santana by himself eliminated the entirety of 2.0. John Silver was getting crazy reactions when it came down to just only a few members of uh, only one member of each team for a while in the in the match. Trent almost got eliminated, but he had Orange Cassidy carry him up on his shoulders to save him. Um, eventually, it came down, like I said, with a few with a couple teams where it was just a f- Trent Santana, Matt Jackson, Kyle O'Reilly and. And uh, that was the only—they were just singles members from each team. Eventually, um, Matt Jackson and Kyle O'Reilly eliminated both Trent and Santana. And then Dax is there just by himself as the one member for FTR. Uh, he's getting kicked, in the, kicked over and over by Kyle. Eventually, though, uh, Bobby Fish screws over Dax Harwood, eliminating FTR. Bobby was already eliminated but knocks him out. So your boy's FTR got pretty boned in this. John Silver got crazy, like I said, crazy reactions. But eventually, uh, uh, Kyle and Matt uh, teamed up and uh, eliminated John Silver. So I meant all that was left was uh, Matt Silver and John Matt Silver, Matt. I mean John Silver, Matt Jackson and uh, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. As Matt Jackson's trying to get John Silver eliminated, Kyle sneaks up, eliminates both of them. Red Dragon is the first team to qualify for the title match. Revolution, and they were not happy, those Young Bucks. They were getting into confrontations until Hangman Adam Page comes out, not happy about being jumped by Red Dragon in the end. Adam Cole beats the shit out of Red Dragon, grabs a microphone as Adam Cole tried to uh, uh, separate everything but it didn't work out. Eventually Hangman gets on the microphone, does story time with Adam Page, baby. Talked about Adam Cole's History in pro wrestling, winning every title, wanted to come after the most prestigious prize in professional wrestling, but he ends up digging his own grave with this. And the better Adam is going to leave him in his grave March 6th at Revolution. So, damn good Battle Royal to start off. uh, And then Hangman had a great promo and a great fiery beat up of Red Dragon and Adam Cole. Um, I'm so happy for this title match, and I'm so excited for how it's going to be. I'm jealous of the people that are going to Revolution to see Adam Cole versus Adam Page. I think it's going to be unreal. Uh, but this was this was really great to start off the show.
1: Yeah, this is kind of awesome. That uh, for, for me, as far as uh, when it comes to Adam Cole, baby, this will be like the you know I've seen a main event at NXT take over, and now I'm going to see a main event at AEW pay per view. And he's gonna be pretty freaking awesome at it because he's pretty much awesome at everything. And you know, if you don't believe me, ask him. He'll let you know. Uh I yeah, I'm very excited about what's uh, what's to come with Adam Cole, bye bye. And uh yeah, um and hangman, it's gonna be fun. That buckshot, man, that buckshot. They protect it, man. They protect that move and I love that. You know, no one's kicked out, no one's gonna kick out, it's the greatest thing. Ah oh, man, I'm I'm very, very excited for that show.
0: Yeah. Now we have to get to probably the most talked about thing in the entire episode of Dynamite that aired this week. It was MJF speaking for the first time since CM Punk announced the dog collar match that's taking place at Revolution between CM Punk and MJF, where MJF had literally nothing to say after Punk announced the dog collar match and brought up that picture. Of him, at the meet and greet with CM Punk when he was very very young. I know I'm the rele- I'm the CM Punk mark here that goes nuts for him. Though I, because this is a completely different beast, I am, I am passing it over to Floyd. I'm passing it over to the man that has constantly dug at me, uh, and uh, praised MJF and did all these things. I want him to talk about this this unbelievable promo that was cut by MJF also I did get your shirt and um yeah it's, it's, I have not worn it yet but I do want him to be able to talk about this promo in, in its entirety okay
1: I, I I really wanted to get on here and you saw a tweet out there I've been saying it was the beginning the hero of this story is Maxwell Jacob Friedman uh, uh MJF he's been I've been telling people that he is the hero of this story and last night, uh, he got on and he cut one of the most sincere, and emotional, and heroic promos I've ever heard. And I know he sometimes act like a dick, but in this case, this is what baby faces are made of. He says, "Guys, get you, I get it. I used to love CM Punk too in a lot of ways, except for the parts about being bullied and stuff." He was telling my story and I get that you guys want to boo me. I'm not the easiest person to like. Whoo. Yeah. So he goes on to say. How much he loves professional wrestling. I'm trying to paraphrase because I could just read it, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, He tells the story from when he was 11 years old. He had severe ADHD. School was hell. He didn't get school. He wasn't in. But he found out he was good at football. He made the football team. Starting middle linebacker. You know, one of two Jewish people to trial for the team. And he was like, he, friends never came easy for him. So he was like, maybe I'm going to make friends. Uh, the jocks come up to them and they decide collectively. with uh, they, uh, Had a roll of quarters and they threw quarters at him as hard as that he could. And he went home and cried and cried and cried. But I realized today is Friday and I get to meet my hero, CM Punk, at an auto- autograph signing. That day meant everything to me. and I made a promise to myself. I wasn't going to be afraid to stick up for myself. I was going to become the best in the world. Fast forward 2013. Had football scholarships coming for me, but I didn't care. I just wanted to be like CM Punk. January 4, 2014, CM Punk left him when he needed him most. When I believed in you, you left us. You left us all. That's when I realized if, if the best in the world and couldn't do it, how could I? So I'm, I packed my bags and went to college and buried my dreams. Whew! I, you know, I made a promise to myself that that day I would become the best in the world in spite of CM Punk. I made a promise that I wouldn't be a gutless coward like CM Punk. At Revolution, you can choke me with the chain. You can make me believe buckets, but I won't quit. My name is MJF and I'm better than you and you know it. CM Punk, the master of the comeback. He he's almost been a step ahead of MJF in this feud cuz he always knew what was coming. Didn't see this coming. He comes out there and says, "Is it true? Is it true?" MJF with a tear down his cheek said it was true and walked off. CM Punk was left conflicted after MJF's speech. Now, I'd say this, and I really wanted to get into this, and I'll let Austin jump through it in. is because, man, those stories are similar. Uh, 2012, uh, I got divorced. I'm a little older, and I got divorced. And I was like, you know what? Went through a little bit of a depression. This is real. This is a shoot. Everything I'm telling you is a shoot. I went through a little bit of depression. But my time, my favorite wrestler at that time was CM Punk. Now, me I mean CM Punk uh was my Cody. I saw him win the uh world title in Oklahoma City, like it was like June 29th. I love CM Punk. So I said, "You know what? This year 29 it just ended. I said, "I'm going to WrestleMania 30 and I'm going to meet CM Punk at Access." Bought my tickets in November, saved my pennies, bought my tickets in November. Remember, For all of you to know, divorce is kind of expensive, so sacrifices had to be made. Ramen had to be eaten eaten quite a bit, and I bought my ticket to WrestleMania. I booked my hotel in New Orleans. Got to tell you, especially in the French Quarter, not cheap at all. Booked my hotel there. Got my friends to come with me. They were going to go to WrestleMania for the first time, and I was going to see CM Punk. Watched the Royal Rumble. CM Punk uh gets eliminated. That sucked. I was hoping, you know, he'd get the main event, WrestleMania. That was that was the goal. And then he didn't come back. And then oh, CM Punk will be back next week. Oh, CM Punk will be back the week after. Oh, CM Punk. Well, this is two rounds before CM Punk. No, Brian Danielson starts or Daniel Bryan starts getting pushed. And I'm like, That's not Daniel Bryan's spot. That's CM Punk's spot. He's the voice of the voiceless. But Daniel Bryan keeps getting pushed, keeps getting pushed. Okay, CM Punk's gonna come back, and he's gonna need this Daniel Bryan guy in the face and take his spot. We get closer and closer, and tickets that you know got my ticket to access, and I'm just like CM Punk's name wasn't on the list, and I go to WrestleMania. This place. Uh, you know, looking for refuge, looking for the next direction in my life. And it really did set the next direction out of my life. But it didn't set the next direction of my life the way I thought. Uh, I thought it would be meeting CM Punk, telling him, man, you know, when I was younger and I didn't drink and all that stuff, you made that okay for me. But, you know, I didn't get to say this. Instead, my first meeting at Access was who? John Moxley. My first meeting at Access after being away for WrestleMania 10 years was John Moxley. I, you know, what he means as far as the existence now, it's great. But yeah, I felt everything MJF felt for CM Punk. I felt at a time. Of course, I was an adult, so I was able to understand that there was a lot more to having a job than just showing up, you know, for work. There's a lot more to that, but. I can see where MJF was coming from. And, as I remind you, the hero of this story.
0: Okay. All right. So, this story completely took a turn that I don't think people were expecting um, with MJF telling like, about his his love, because he he, I mean he he hinted at it at the beginning of their first encounter back on Thanksgiving. About like, of course I was a fan. How couldn't I have been? But um, as as it went along though, um, he said like, he, the more and more it got, it like you you just saw him keep digging at Punk and digging at Punk. But then he you saw, you saw little fan Max here, like come out here, and. Honest to God, dude, this promo was unreal. Like, he gave it everything he had for this promo. Um, And, like, again, like, talking about getting those roll of quarters thrown by his his teammates for this football team that he tried out for. And he finally, he he made the team. He's like, I'm finally going to have friends. And they throw roll of quarters at him and say, pick it up, Jew boy. And he's just a mess because of all of this. And yeah, honest to God, dude, it's like you hear everything. And again, like he, we all talk about when he left in January. And there was, I always talk about how, like, I had grown to accept the fact that Punk would never come back to pro wrestling back uh, years before um, the rumors of the AEW return. But, I mean, there was that period between January and Thanksgiving of 2014 where I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I was just out here being, like, so confused and just not knowing what, what was happening. And, I mean, ev- I, and everyone would report, like, oh, well, this show's in Chicago. Or, oh, we had that moment with uh, Paul Heyman coming out with CM Punk's music. And that, that giant fool moment of them where they were trying to stop him from hijacking Raw – And I was like, well, Paul Heyman's mentioning Punk, so that means, like, he's got to come back to get back at Paul for this whole situation. And then, again, month after month after month, and then eventually we got the pipe bomb – well, I guess not the pipe bomb, but just the the podcast with Cole Cabana where we learned what was the whole reasoning for it. And I understood exactly what he was saying, and I understood why he he did what he did and why he left. It – it filled a little bit of that uh, hatred for a little bit of not not hatred but just like confusion and sadness of being like okay well now at least I have an answer as to why he was gone like thank I appreciate that but it's like I mean like he he said it straight up he wasn't coming back and there was no other options at that point for him to literally come back and it was just. It it was it was then it would go through the months of just like well, maybe th- things can change you know there was the whole never say never thing which he even joked at and I was just like but then like again like in mo- years went by and I was just like well he's done but I mean again I I get the whole the thing that he was pushing for and again this it it like I got it got to me just watching it I was just like goddamn man because again like I. I had dealt with again and I'll get I'll get personal a little bit on this too like I had family members who had extended family members who had severe trouble with alcohol and smoking addictions and I it it, it hurt watching it and then I saw this guy CM Punk who prided himself on being straight edge and used it as his calling card and would just stand up to anybody who stood in his way and told them off and just was like never back down from anything and being a a scrawny kid from like not even from flint i'm in a small town davison just outside of flint so i wasn't even in the bad areas or anything like that Uh, i was in a pretty well-to-do place um but seeing this kid from the inner city of chicago that just did all this i i took to him i genuinely did um and it was just seeing this whole promo, man, it's like now of course like my CM Punk brain is going like, this is a lore, this is a trap. He's going to turn in on him and just completely fucking flip the entire script. But I mean you can tell like like he MJF took from Max's real life from that. Like I don't see any of that being a falseness of him making shit up. Like I feel like he genuinely took from his real life problems and took it into the storyline and used it as a real change in the story. I got nothing but respect for MJF for cutting a promo like this. It's very revealing. It's very honest. And of course like while it's going to lead to MJF doing MJF things to Punk like leading into Revolution – this promo itself, like, if MJF wanted to do babyface stuff, he could. He, I think he genuinely could. It would take a lot of effort to remove all of the baggage that people already expect with MJF. But if he wanted to open up his career and be a babyface, he could. And I, I mean, dude, it literally – even his mom tweeted out that he was proud of him for that promo. And his mom and dad have actively – separated themselves against MJF because of all the awful things that he's done in his career. So when his mom is even being like, I'm proud of you, son, I'm just like, wow. Like, that promo was something special. And I know a lot of people are talking about, like, that's got the chance to be one of the best promos of the year in wrestling. And I, I can understand it. I just love this this completely different change that they've gone with the story that people were not expecting. And, I again, it just makes me so excited to see, because I expect... Punk to try to speak to Max directly and that's when just the switch will hit and then MJF comes back and just does what MJF does or I could be wrong I could be completely wrong but I'm very intrigued to see this is by far the best story that AEW's got going right now like not a question like Adam Cole and Adam Page has got me crazy hyped as well and the tag team title stuff is fun but in terms of stories this is like nearly perfect I can't think of anything wrong with it it was so good it was so good.
1: Yeah, another level uh AEW storytelling. I am looking forward to being at this match. It is going to be crazy and physical and violent and both of these people have this affinity for Roddy Piper and this was his match. I mean I I I'm a bigger Cody fan as anybody, but this this is Piper and Valentine's match. And I just think it's gonna be every bit as bloody and disgusting and uncomfortable as the original match, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. We then moved over to the tag team match between the kings of the Black Throne, Brody King and Malachi Black, facing off against Death Triangle members PAC, and not Penta El Zero Miero, but Penta Osuro, which is the, again, we got to see the dark and violent side of Penta coming down. He had a shovel in hand. Shout out Alex Abrahentis, who was going in, playing the role that he was told to play. Um, this was a crazy good match. These guys did such great work. Brody King is outstanding. I'm so happy he's here. There was just spot after spot. Um, the I especially loved you. You see, Alistair Black. I mean, uh, Excuse me, uh, Malachi Black out to the outside, and he's preparing to come inside off of a blind tag, ready to spit the mist at Penta, but he covers his mouth, and then he just he's choking on the black mist. Penta goes for the roll up gets the win and he's like choking on his own mist but then Brody King then jumps Penta Osurro after the match or Oscuro one of the ways it's pronounced I again my apologies but they go after Penta and Pack. Malachi Black eventually gets the shovel in the ring and as they go to slam that shovel onto Penta, the lights turn out and Buddy Matthews appears in the ring and he stares at Malachi Black but then eventually he goes after Penta and Pack just with an absolute fury. And then he commands, he's commanded by Malachi Black to smash Penta's face in with the steel chair, and he does. And we have the newest member of the Black Throne. We have Buddy Matthews, who is now all elite. Go ahead, Floyd. Tell everyone how you called it.
1: Uh, there's only one person that looks like Buddy Matthews, and that's uh Buddy Matthews so no, um yeah, called it, yep, you heard it here first uh yeah, this is what I do I, I watch <laughs> that's wrestling. what I do that's what I do, you know it's like uh, I'm feeling like Mark Henry you know doing that uh, what I do uh this was great uh I loved I love how we got a clean pin and then got the debut yeah, people I mean. Places can learn from this. We got a match. Kings of the background. We're going up the contender match. And you're like, when are they going to get a title shot? Just kind of knocks them back a little bit. And now they're focused on this feud. Three against two. Maybe uh, maybe Ray comes back recently. Maybe he doesn't. But we got a nice little faction here. It, it, there's a backstory to it. With Buddy Matthews and uh Aleister Black or McAd Malachi Black. Malachi Black and Brody King are the tag team champions at a different company. It's like it all works. There's it works on so many levels, you don't you know, it's hard to just explain all the levels that it works on.
0: Yeah. I'm crazy excited for that and um again it's looking it's looking like this Black Throne group is gonna do Crazy things in AEW, um, and dude, I I mean I saw Buddy Matthews uh, when he was at uh, WrestleMania Access doing a match against Leo Rush, uh, for WrestleMania 34 weekend. They did crazy ass shit in that match, and it was for Access. Uh, I am crazy excited excited to see Buddy Buddy and what he does. Um, and dude, he is he is so fucking ripped. Like, oh my god, like he is completely like. I mean, like I remember him when he was teaming with, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but it was back in NXT, and they had uh, uh, Alexa Bliss as their uh, manager. Uh, but uh, my oh, God, Blake dude, and he, Murphy, Blake, Blake and Mur- Murphy, yeah, yeah, Blake, 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 something I can't remember. But uh, yeah, oh Wes- my God,
1: Wesley Blake,
0: Wesley Blake, yeah, and uh, they are. Buddy looks like completely different than what he did back in NXT. Like he looks unreal like how good he looks so i'm i'm super pumped to see how this whole thing turns out
1: yeah i'm definitely excited i just think it's gonna be a good time so uh, I'm, i'm all about it i'm all about
0: it all right now we get into the confrontation between eddie kingston and chris jericho with a row of security guards ready to make sure if these two go at each other um First off, Eddie Kingston being like, "The fuck are these guys?" and then posing next to them, like I was crying. I, that was so, so funny. And Jericho comes out is like, "I arranged for the security because I want to be able to talk like men and not fight like common street thugs." And Kingston's like, "Oh, you call me a street thug?" And he's like, Kingston goes, "I'm not a sports entertainer, Chris. This is a wrestling company. My man, you want a re- sports entertainment company? You go down the block. There it is. You were waiting for it." And he's like don't worry, yeah, I'm a sports entertainer, but this sports entertainment is going to, I'm going to give you a little bit of that, but it's actually going to be entertaining. Uh... (laughs) And he goes like, listen, when I, Jericho goes, when I first heard about you coming to AEW, everyone was so excited, and I was just like, who the hell is Eddie Kingston? I thought they were talking about Eddie Edwards. And then you showed up, and I looked at you, and I realized I didn't know you because you looked like a jobber. But then when I saw your match and heard your talk with the guy, I can't remember who it was,
2: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
0: Ha. uh, I told you it wouldn't be long before you became a huge babyface. To Kingston's response was, what's a babyface? See... Yes. I'm going to comment on this a little bit. And they were like, everyone was so happy that you overcame your came your mental issues and your back backstory and everything like that. I read all about it on the internet. But then like when you signed at AW, you were 38 years old. You didn't make the big time until you were 38. I made the big time when I was 22. And by the time I was 38, I had already made millions of dollars. And you're jealous of me because deep down inside, you don't believe you could ever be at my level. And Eddie's like, what, do you want a cookie? Because I don't really care. The only reason you main evented all of those places is because I wasn't there. I'm not like the rest of the carnies that lie. I'm me until I die. And you're out here talking about this and that, and I'm tired of it. So, like, how about we fight at the pay-per-view? How about we fight at Revolution? So let's go. And Jericho's just like, you're terrified, like, to make it to the top of the mountain that I live on. Because if you did, the instant you stepped up there, you'd fall off. He's like, I know your family history. Your first hero was your uncle, and he was a failure. You believed in your father. He was a failure. Deep down inside, you think you're a failure too. You can't win the big one, and in this company, I am the big one. Not CM Punk, not Brian Danielson, not Hangman. I am the big one, and if you want to challenge me at Revolution, you got it. But if you manage to beat me, I swear to God, I will look you in your eyes, shake your hand, because that means I've helped you un- overcome your fear of success. And Eddie's like, look. I don't want the current Chris Jericho right now. Give me the Chris Jericho that was the first world champion in this company. Give me the Chris Jericho that your close friend Levesque hated because if you don't, I'm going to eat you alive. And he's like, I will give you that Jericho and much more. And I see it in your eyes. You don't believe you can beat me. And in your opinion deep down inside is the same opinion that I have of you. You're a loser and you can't win the big one. So I've got a couple comments on this promo cuz on, on on one end I thought this was great. On the other end, Jericho like this this is what I know a lot of people were worried about with the constant references to insider terminology. It felt a little bit like at least for me kind of forced. Like Jericho, I know he tends to do that a little bit where he he he, he makes the references and all that. We're used to that. I don't know. For this promo specifically, it felt a little bit different just because of the the babyface references about how, about book, like again, like bringing up booking again and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. It just felt a little bit forced. And honestly, seeing Eddie in the ring with Chris Jericho, like I love Jericho. I really do. But Kingston outclassed uh, Jericho on this promo, in my opinion. I think Kingston was so. So much better than Jericho on this promo, and I think Jericho is starting again. I think it's starting to like catch up on Jericho that he's slowly like. I think he's he's getting close to being done. I mean, I, we never know what when, when, when uh, they're going to call time on his career or when he'll call time on it. But it just seems like it's getting closer and closer to the point where he's done and he'll wrap it up. Because I mean, he's had such a massive career, but it just seems like it's like I don't know, man. I know how good Chris Jericho is at promos, but I just felt like. Not only did Eddie outclass him in this promo, I just feel like I don't know, man. Because I know a lot of people had issues with his stuff against uh, the American Top Team segments. I feel like we're coming towards like the point where Jericho might be done because I just I just don't know. I just don't know if uh, like I I see like again he was talking about I want the Jericho that was the first uh, champion in this company. I kind of want that Jericho too because. I don't know man, it just it doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't feel right just seeing Jericho the way that he is. I don't know, maybe that's just me.
1: Well, my friend, I think Eddie was supposed to win this. Jericho clearly last week starting with Santana and continuing with this week. Jericho turned heel. He's referring to himself as the influencer, saying he has all the stroke in his company. This is not something fakes Jericho, Jericho was saying. He's a, he is the person that believes his own hype. Oh, I do want to give a shout out to Jericho. Did you see that six pack, sir? Yeah. Dude has been putting
0: in the work. He has been putting in a lot uh, of work. work. I can't, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. deny that. Yeah, yeah, 50,
1: six pack, dude. Dude, he 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 heard you when you were calling him fat online. He did, he did call him fat, Jericho. He went and in, put in the work. You saw those abs, and they were popping, popping for you. And then, but yeah, it was Jer Kingston was supposed to come out on top. Kingston is supposed to be the everyman. I don't want to talk. I can talk, but I don't want to talk. I just want to fight. In especially AEW, that person is always going to get over. That was Mox's gimmick for two years. Right? I don't want to talk. Let's fight. Eddie Kingston, I don't want to talk. Let's fight. He got offended when he brought up his family. He did this. What's a baby face? I'm not, you know what? I'm not I'm not kayfaving it for you. You know, screw you. I'm not playing along with your game. Eddie Kingston to me, didn't beat Jericho on the mic, Jericho lost. You know what I mean? Because Eddie Kingston didn't say a lot, did he?
2: Not a ton, no.
1: No, he just said, hey, I want to fight you. Simple to the point. It was great. I want to fight you at the pay-per-view. He didn't go in and say to Jericho. He did throw out the Triple H thing, the Hunter thing, the Paul thing. He, he did that. But he really, I mean, it was like Jericho talked a lot, talked about how awesome he was, like Hills do, and he lost the interview. And everybody's going to be rooting for Eddie Kingston at the show. People didn't even want to sing Judas anymore on the way out. I don't think, I don't think this was Chris Jericho showing that he's done. I think this was a masterclass on how to turn the fans against you.
0: Fair enough, man. I mean, like again, that that could and, absolutely. And you know
1: I mean, and guess what? You kind of turned against them, didn't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there you go. It worked exactly how he wanted it to. When he comes out, you will know Jericho did his job is when he comes out to Orlando and Judas plays and people. And there's not sing. much singing. Yep, and there's not much singing. That means he did his job because you're supposed to go into this match wanting Eddie Kingston to do the spinning punch and knock Chris Jericho's heads off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We then moved over to the Face of the Revolution qualifying match between Absolute Ricky Starks and Dark Orders 10. This was a fine enough match. Honestly, I was glad that we got to see which one of these two people would be in that match. Uh, Turns out Ricky Starks was the one that ended up getting the win. So eventually, now we get to know that we have two members of Team Taz that are in the Face of the Revolution qualifying match. Him, Ricky Starks, and the boy powerhouse Hobbs. So hey, at least Team Taz is making themselves known a little bit with having two guys in. But this match itself, I think Ten did a really good job in this match. Starks is still, I think, got a lot where he can shine. I hope he shines a lot in the ladder match. But um, I, um, I'm, 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 I'm happy to see he made the match though. I'm very excited about that.
1: Uh, Ricky Starks did not get the memo that this is a big men slapping meat ladder match. You know, this was a big old meaty ladder match, and now Pretty Ricky done ruined the, ruined it. So I, I, I was like, man, 10 in there, and we were going to have 10, and Will Hobbs, and Keith Lee, and uh, Ward Lowe, and I was like, well, so we can get 10 in there, and we can get Miro in there, and just just a bunch of big, medium men knocking the crap out of each other, and that's what I wanted, but Ricky Starks had ever, uh Had different thoughts on that, and he got the win, uh, absolute Ricky Starks. So now Taz, Team Taz, I think we're going to get six at the paper, uh, six in the ladder match. They got two. They got two of the six. That's uh, pretty good. All right. Well, now
0: we head on to the TBS championship match between the champion Jade Cargill defending her title against the Bunny. And uh, they had announced that her, her record at this point is now 27-0. and 0, And I was excited to see the bunny at least be used as one of the people to try to go after Jade. And she did a decent enough chance, like tried as much as she could. Um, I thought this match for Jade looked okay for the most part. Um, but I am very much uh, excited about what happened afterwards because, again, this match was pretty uh, easy to understand. Um, I especially love, though, how Aubrey Edwards both ejected Sterling and Hardy uh, getting Matt, both of them, out of there. Eventually, they both had uh, Brass Knuckles and the TBS title waiting to see which one was going to make attack of it first. The Brass Knuckles shot was blocked by the belt, and then immediately, the the title belt was hit on a Jade Car- uh, Jade Cargill. Uh, well, she threw it out of the ring, and then eventually, uh, Jade was able to hit with the jaded, get the win. Uh, so she's like, I'm going to be 50-0 at this point, so and the question is, who's next? But better yet, who's left? And that's when Ty Conti comes out with a mic in her hand. And then she's like, I'm not just next. I'm the one who's going to beat your ass. Charges, they start going after each other. Uh, the bunny then gets involved. Uh, she gets hit with a Ty KO. And then Ty just gets pump kicked by, uh, by Jade Cargill. Anna Jade comes down with a steel chair to even things up. Jade gets out of the ring. I am very excited for this match, honestly. Ty has done so well since she's had her... Again, she won uh, Most Improved for Wrestling Observer. Uh, She's done so well in AEW recently. Um, A Jade Cargill versus Ty Conti match is absolutely a match that is worth a pay-per-view mention for the TBS title. I think this will be very, very intriguing to see the match. Um, And I hope that it really shines, too, because, again, Jade's done pretty dang well as TBS champion, and I think Ty's done well as well, so... Uh, The match itself was what you kind of expected, though. Like I said, I love the brass knucks being blocked by the belt. Uh, But, yeah, that was pretty much it for that. But, again, down the road, I'm very excited. Same
1: complaint that I have a lot of times, and so it's just going to be playing the same song again. I would have liked Ty to be heated up. I watch Dark. I watch Dark Elevation. I do. I would have liked to see her get some single wins on that show. Say she's on an eight or nine match winning streak. That's why she's earned the shot at uh, Jade. I know they're kind of doing the open challenge thing, but if you were doing more wins, I would believe Ty could win. And I I would believe Ty could win in Orlando. And I ask you, I ask you being honest, Austin, do you think there's any way in hell that Ty's going to win in Orlando?
0: Mm No,
1: no, 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 no. They have done nothing to make you believe it. And when you take my suspension of disbelief, I'm, it's not going to make me excited about this match. It's like, I love Ty. I think she's an amazing wrestler. Love Jade. Of course I love Jade. I uh, think she's an amazing wrestler. But you have to build the story. It's just you just can't throw a title match on a pay-per-view and say, let's go. Sure. Thunder, especially when your counterpart is Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Right who has like a year and a half long story that's being told. And it's like, Oh, I just decided I wanted to fight you. Well, why didn't, why didn't, uh, Abaddon decide she wanted to fight. (laughs) Why didn't like, why is Ty deserving of this pay-per-view spot and this title shot? I'm asking kayfabe wise. I'm not asking like personally, Ty, Ty is fine as a person. This is not a personal attack. It's just, if you're coming in watching the show, why is Ty getting this title shot against Jay Cargill?
0: Sure. Yeah, again, it, it, it kind of needed a little bit more. It could have been done a lot better, honestly. Um, again, I'm excited for the match. It, again, the build, since we're so close to Revolution 2, we could have gotten a lot more time with this and a little bit more time for these girls to really add some heat to this. Um, so it, it seems kind of rushed, for sure. They were more so really working on trying to build up her record as opposed to, like, who she's going to fight at the pay-per-view.
1: I can I can be honest. I'd rather honestly rather this match be uh like the dynamite before the pay-per-view or the rampage. You know, we're going to be in town. The rampage on that Friday probably needs a hot main event. Why isn't it this match? You know what I mean? Because it's not literally I mean, I know it's on the pay-per-view, but it doesn't really feel
0: like a pay-per-view match. Exactly. Yeah. Again, I I I feel bad saying that though. Again, but like again, no, I n- just. This is not it is what it is. It is what it is.
1: This is not personal to either woman because I love Ty and I love Jade. I'm just saying, in this case, the storytelling doesn't match the spot that it's going to be on the card.
0: Yeah. No. Again, it 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 just it could have been used so much better and it could have given it you could have given it so much more in hell again like I love Jade as the t- champion for the uh, TBS title uh but again the seeing just all the heat that's going for the AEW women's title right now like please don't turn this into Sammy like I know Sammy's dealing with the whole situation too it's like don't let Ty be going after and then having her deal with the same problems with a T like the TBS title that Sammy's been having with the uh, TNT title like just don't let that happen Absolutely. but we've we finish off Dynamite with the main event. Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Ooh, this was a technical battle. These guys kicked the fuck out of each other. I thought this match was really good. Garcia did really great work, I think. Um th- again, Daniel Brian's Danielson is so fucking good. Oh my god. It's so outstanding at how well these guys did uh just great technical work. I love the moment where like Danielson took a tiger suplex and turned it into cattle mutilation. I thought that was outstanding. Um, eventually, uh, the oh, and also the great fucking transition into Brian kicking Garcia's head in was so good. It was so good. I loved, I loved how well that turned out. Um, and again, these guys just took legit shots at each other. Eventually, though, Danielson was able to get the win with a triangle sleeper while posing – with his muscles flexing and Danielson was talking about how that's exactly the type. Was that the type of, uh, violence that I wanted to see from Garcia asking the crowd 2.0, then not happy seeing Garcia take the L jump Danielson. But then John Moxley shows up and wipes out 2.0. Daniel Garcia tried to get a chair and, uh, use it on Moxley, but Danielson stopped, uh, Garcia. Eventually after the paradigm shift was hit on Garcia they stare down, and Danielson was like, "So, in order for us to fight together, we have to bleed together, right? So, you want to match at Revolution? You got it. But don't be surprised if you're the only person bleeding." Oh my god, I'm so fucking hyped for this match! Like, dude, Revolution is stacked. It is stacked. Uh,
1: yes. It. This is. Th- I mean, it goes to. The whole idea of only having four pay-per-views a year. You know what I mean? I mean, just you can really put a lot of effort in a pay-per-view and it just matters. Every match on this mat, uh, card, you know, has the ability to steal the show. It's going to be just a really stacked pay-per-view. And they d- offered, they did, again, randomness, the six-man match. Did we talk about that that they just threw in there?
0: Oh, the six man match, yeah, the one that was thrown in there, uh, really quickly. Yeah, no, we have not talked about that.
1: Yeah. So, other than that six man match, which literally looks like you like you know you got the family and there's like everybody in the family is like five seven, then you have that junior that's like six four or whatever. Well, it would be the opposite of that. This matches a bunch of matches. They got a bunch of six four matches, and then you got this five six match come in, and it's like. Are you related to the other? Why are you here? <laughs> That's what that six man. Line. I'm like, I'll never turn down the chance to see Sting and Darby Allen. They make sense. They go together. Even CM Punk wearing the face paint. They go together. What the fuck is Darby? Allen? I mean, why? Sammy Guevara just beat Darby Allen. Why are they teaming up? Uh huh. Yeah. And Andrade, Matt Hardy, and uh, Isaiah Cassidy. Did they just put names in a fucking hat?
0: yeah again it was just uh, <laughs> like, i i i was like what are we doing here dude <laughs>
1: like so this is the this is the pre-show this is gonna be on the uh right whatever it's buy-in. Gonna, but but you know it's not gonna be on the buy-in because it's fucking sting and sting doesn't go on the buy-in
0: you don't go on the buy-in yeah
1: yeah so i don't know what's gonna go on here i just i had to point that out it's just it really doesn't fit one of these things is not like the other it's mm-hmm. it, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use, then this goes with it. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, like, again, yeah, I people will be excited to see Sting and Darby and all that kind of stuff. But like, man, if there was a match that was just like not again, doesn't fit with everything else on the card, it's it's definitely that match. But regardless, I thought this dynamite had great, like some be- insanely great moments. Like, again, that MGF promo, the Battle Royale was really good. Uh, Like I said, the confrontation about Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho has got me intrigued, if not like a little bit uh, concerned for Jericho, at least how things go. Um, And then the Anderson Garcia match was really fucking good as well. Uh, There was a couple other things that were like, eh, for the most part. Um, But other than that, it was a pretty solid dynamite, I think.
1: Yes, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a home run of a dynamite. It was like a dynamite that didn't have a lot of heat coming in the promos on it uh eddie and uh jericho segment you look at mjs uh mjs uh amazing promo the tag team battle royal there was a lot of good matches on this show it was a solid show didn't feel like anything slowed the show down
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so i i I definitely think there was a little bit of stuff uh could have been done better but for the most part yeah solid dynamite but we'll get into aw rampage slam dunk which aired at the special time because of All-Star Weekend because uh, they had to see my boy Kate Cunningham win the Rising Stars MVP trophy. Let's fucking go. Um, but the show opened up with Adam Cole, Bebe, going one-on-one with Ten of the Dark Order. Um, this was pretty good, honestly. Ten did a damn good job in this match. Uh, Adam Cole, once again, did very good in this match as well. Eventually, though, Aubrey Edwards, uh, she gets knocked uh uh, well, Adam Cole gets uh, pushes himself into Aubrey Edwards and uh, is able to get a low kick to ten, and then hit that th- uh, boom knee. Eventually, get the win. Still setting his sights on um Adam Hangman Adam Page, and that's when Red Dragon celebrated after the match. This was all right, I thought. Again, I, I I thought I think ten is really good, honestly. Um, and I I just wish that like the Dark Order had a little bit more stuff going for them. They've kind of like I said. Um, they had so much stuff going for them, like in the feud with Kenny Omega and Hangman. But now with uh, Ken, uh, Hangman doing stuff with Adam Cole, it's like he—they've kind of faded into the background for the most part. Johnny Hungy's still outstanding, and like um, Dark Order is still enjoyed. But like, other than like I said, other than Johnny Hungy, I don't think they're as um, over as they were in the original feud. Um, like again, you've got uh, being the elite where they still shine outstandingly, but regardless of that like it it just feels like they've taken a bit of a step backwards like not as bad as when they were fighting amongst each other because again that was used to buy time until we eventually did get the match between Hangman and Kenny but it's it's a bit of a step backwards still because they've they're just not they're not tied in well with Hangman to the point of like it's just kind of tacked on for the most part completely agree i can't add anything to that i completely agree it we just then had <laughs> Yep, and like I said, we then had the Face of the Revolution qualifying match between Dante Martin and, and Powerhouse Hobbs of Team Taz. This match was really good. Honestly, these two guys do really good work against each other. Dante Martin is still outstanding. Shame that he's not in the match, but Powerhouse Hobbs being there, like, again, big meaty man slapping meat, uh, was so fucking good. Uh, eventually, though, as a Hobbs... Uh, 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 Dante was off his feet. He got knocked off. He knocked off Hobbs with a drop kick from the top rope. But eventually Hobbs just spine busted the hell out of Dante Martin and Hobbs got the win. And again, I'm excited to see what these big men do in this ladder match. Again, Again, it's like, do we not realize what type of match this is? Dante Martin, like you didn't want to put this man in the ladder match. You wanted to put powerhouse Hobbs. Okay, I'm expecting ladders to be broken at this point. Um, I'm excited, dude. Like, again, T- uh, Powerhouse Hobbs gets a huge moment with this. And Dante's great. Again, he'll he'll work his way back up there as well. But um, I, I, I thought these two guys, they work really well together, honestly. They just yep. do. Dude,
1: so I love this. If you look at the lineup, of course, Keith Lee's new with the company. Can't really talk about what he's done in the past. But you have Wardlow, who is basically a sidekick. He's actually going to get his chance to uh, shine in a pay-per-view. You got... Uh, now Keith uh, Hobbs, who's normally a sidekick, he's gonna get his chance to shine on a pay per view. So they are literally face of the revolution. The idea of the face of the revolution being like a new star. They are, It's a bunch of kinda new people in here. You know, Ricky Starks has been pretty established, but I'm just saying. You look at the people that are in it. It, it looks like they are giving giving the young guys an opportunity.
0: Yeah. No, again, I'm I'm really excited with these opportunities that guys that we weren't necessarily expecting to get um, really get a chance to shine. I think that line of match is going to prove to be outstanding. Um, and then then um, moving off of this match, though, we got the five minute rookie challenge for my girl Serena Deep facing off against uh, Angelica Risk. Um, Serena Deep, though, just literally didn't even have to look at the clock, uh, just completely was toying with her. And eventually was able to uh, powerbomb Angel- Angelica and then wrench back with the Serenity lock, getting the win, continuing to just shine as one of the best heels in the women's division. Um, again, the rookie challenge, it is what it is in terms of like a match. You're not getting anything outstanding with it. But in terms of like really showing Serena Deeb of how full of herself she is, of how great of a wrestler she is, it works really well. I just want to know what the hell this girl's going to be doing at possibly at Revolution because – Hell, dude, you want somebody that can put on a really good match that has heat to it? You get Serena Deeb in it. That's just what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that statement. Uh, she she hits uh, all the time. She is really good. She, uh, she is one of those people you can always put in there, and she's always going to step up.
0: Yeah, and main event of Rampage, we had Trent Beretta against the Switchblade, Jay White. Speaking of Bullet Club, people, um, I believe Tama Tonga kind of got dicked over by those boys. Um, so, hey, Tama, I believe you know where these guys are. Not, like You're knocking on that forbidden door a little bit. Kick that son bitch open and come over here and get some firing squad shit and kick the shit out of these people. If Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa show up, I will fucking lose my mind. I love those two so much. Um... So please let that happen. We already know what happened at fucking uh, uh, Ring of Honor with that whole shit. I mean, not Ring of Honor, Impact. Uh, So, again, let these guys get over here and start kicking the shit out of them. Please. But uh, getting into the actual match. JY and Trent did some damn good stuff. Eventually, uh, there was a great suplex that took place. JY took Trent over the top rope and out of the ring with with a superplex. Uh, And it just landed on the floor. It hurt like a motherfucker. There was a Tanahashi mocking by Jay White where he just decided to play the air guitar, which was insane. I was like, okay, so we're referencing Tanahashi now. Okay, fine. Why not? Um, These guys really did some great work in this match. They were trading elbow strikes. Trent got a nice drop kick on Jay that knocked him out of the ring. Um and uh, there was a super suplex onto a chair done by Jay White, getting really vicious in there. I especially again like the New Japan references in there was great. Um, building up how Jay White was a Grand Slam winner in New Japan. Um, eventually though, Jay White though, uh, was able to counter a Strong Zero, hit the Blade Runner, and get the win. Um, and yeah, it was a damn good match. And then you saw Jay White getting stared at by Orange Cassidy. Oh, my God. Orange Cassidy versus Jay White? I'm sorry. What? If you even try to tease that, I'm not, I'm not prepared for that possible tease. Right put it on the pay-per-view. Do just it. Just put it on the pay-per-view. Do it. Do it. Don't be a coward. Do it. Yeah, but hell of an ending of a, of a rampage, though. I loved this match. I thought this was really good. And just the thought of Jay White and Orange Cassidy just makes my mind run wild with excitement.
1: Yes, it's gonna be uh a great time. Uh yeah, orange orange right now just not on the right now is not on the show. So we'll you know, we'll see where that goes from now.
0: Yeah. but um, again, yeah, I'm I'm looking crazy forward to see what they decide to do with them. But that was AEW Rampage for that from the previous week. We're gonna talk about our preview for the upcoming rampage that'll be airing tonight. We have Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa having their contract signing for the women's title match at Revolution. Orange Cassidy is going to be facing off against Anthony Bowens in a face of the Revolution qualifying match. Serena Deep is once again going to have another five-minute rookie challenge. And then we're going to get Sammy Guevara versus Andrade El Idolo. Um, Now, I am – that like, again, that Sammy Guevara-Andrade match I'm crazy excited for. I just want – andrade to be like i want andrade to be so much more than he is right now honestly i just want i want i want him to really shine in this match like give them a significant amount of time like this this would be your main event match for rampage let them shine like give them plenty of time because again you don't have a ton of matches on here that are going to go crazy long uh so let give them as much time as they need because i think they can do really good
1: yeah it's going to be awesome i'm
0: excited and then the only thing announced for Dynamite for the next week, 1st um, of March 2nd, uh, is the the second part of the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale, where it's been very proven that Young Bucks are like, we are gonna we got a second chance at it, we're going to win it, and then we're going to kick the shit out of Red Dragon and get their revenge. Um, and Adam Cole is not okay with their his two teams just falling apart, and they need to be on the same page. And uh, don't think that's going to be the case, Adam, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, don't think that's going to be the case, unfortunately.
0: But that is everything from AEW that we are talking about this week. But we do have some quick headlines and news to be talking about, so I will toss it over to Floyd to run down all these headlines that we have related to AEW.
1: So, AEW FanFest meet and greets are on sale at com. This is only if you currently have a ticket to AEW FanFest. They are sold out, or so you'll either have to you know, buy them on the secondary market if you do not currently have a ticket. So if you currently have a ticket, go to awlivemerch.com. You have uh, tickets on sale. Um, I was just going to go uh, just for people that listen to the show might be there. Just going over some quick things. There's some different type of meet and greets. Uh, Chris Jericho VIP experience. Only 50 people. It's $200. You are, Again, you already have to have a GA ticket. Uh, you get a special glyph uh, available to Fan Fest attendees first. Uh, private meet and greet with the champion. No personal items uh, sold on that one. Uh, we got a TBS champion, Jade Cargill photo op. You'll be on the stage with Jade and the belt, and it's $50. It's not autographed. It's just a picture. They have the AEW world title photo op. It's a picture with the belt. And uh, you, it's a and the AEW referees. So Aubrey Edwards, people that you don't see, no autographs, no personals, just a photo. Jazzware signings. They are going to be doing figure signings for it. Uh, the figure signings, I believe, like FTR is one. Uh, Nyla Rose is one. It's just people with figures. It's just for the figures, no personal items. If you want a personal item, it costs extra twenty bucks. Uh but yeah, um the free meet and greets is the you know like the one that I like to take. These are people these are gonna be the general uh, uh general emission lines. Uh in those uh g- general admission groups. I just sent the picture. I'm just pulling up the picture real quick. Uh in in the first session, which is 15, it's gonna be AQA, Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson. Uh, the uh, Camarado Solo and Anthony Agogo, who I'm very excited to meet. Fuego Del Sol uh, and Top Flight in the second half of the meet and greet. It's Everybody Loves the Acclaim. Abaddon, Sky Blue, Layla Hirsch, and The Dark Orders 5, 10, and for the first time in a meet and greet, negative one is going to be the wow. Of the meet and greet. So, uh, I imagine his line is going to be freaking crazy because it's a negative one but yeah i just wanted to get everybody uh heads up on that double nothing t-mobile arena uh tickets on sale uh, march 4th officially but everybody knows be looking out for the pre-sale on march 3rd if they do uh like a wide pre-sale code i will send it out i uh i will not send out any like you know like if you're in the hills or anything like that If they do a pre-sale code for them, I won't send that one out. I'll just send the one that comes out on the AEW Elite, the Fleet Group, uh, because that's pretty much a wide uh, one. Uh, Brian Cage uh, had his option picked up with AEW. Looks like he's going to be with them for at least another year. And uh, Claudio Cast. I don't know how to say Castanelli. Castanelli, aka Savaro, of WWE is a free agent. Uh, I I'm excited for him. Uh, if that's if definitely if that's what makes him happy, but uh, you know, uh, at this point in time, I believe you want to be if he wants to be a TNT, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, open challenge guy. He wants to have maybe a little six or eight with you. I don't think. He would be a good permanent member of the roster. And you'd be like. Cesaro's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Why? Well I feel like they're featuring enough 40 year olds right now. You know. And it, it, I hate to say it like that. But we're talking brass tacks. Uh, I am I I will be. If Kings of Wrestling. Which is him and Chris Hero, Give me a match with FTR. I will be there. Wherever it is. And this is not about my desire to see him wrestle. It's about. What what is established in the company right now and who they're building for the future, I really don't think there's an established spot for him. And I don't want him to be in the same position he was in the WWE. I think he deserves better. I think you put him in Impact. He's immediately in the title of the picture. You put him on NW, NJPW Strong. he Again, he's immediately in the title pitcher. picture. Shit, I'd love to see him in the G1. It's not a desire to see him wrestle. It's how he fits with AEW. Do you have any thoughts on Cesaro, sir?
0: Yeah, so yeah, Claudio Castagnoli. I am. I love this dude. Again, we're not going to lean on the whole, like, oh, he was wasted again. Because he was, absolutely. They got cold feet again with another push for this man. I mean, again, if you did not see how good this dude is, I can't imagine why you wouldn't try to hot shot a shot uh, run with him. But regardless, um, yes, the age thing is a definite thing to keep an eye out, at least for that. Um, and again, like, um, the roster is what it is. Like, they just brought in Buddy Matthews, too, for this whole thing. Um, I don't, again, he could anywhere he goes, anywhere he goes, the company will be better off for it, because he is so good, and you should absolutely, if you have the opportunity to get him on your roster, you should take him, in terms of AEW, because again, it's always the, the joke of like, oh, someone left AEW, uh, or somebody became a free agent in wrestling, they're gonna go to AEW, um... I think he could do amazing things. I just don't think there's anything of like open right now that he could go for that wouldn't be like either the same or not as good as what he was doing uh, or at the peak of what he did in wWE because wherever he goes, he should be like one of the top guys is absolutely what should be the case with him because he still can go. he's still outstanding and he can be the top guy wherever you wherever he goes. Um I just don't think if he went to AEW he'd be in that top guy position. Um he could be there for for a short period of time and do really really well. I just don't think long term like he could be a pillar like level of AEW. Not not dissing his talent, I just don't think that they have like a an a spot that could be open that he could be filling in for. I could be wrong. I think if he shows up I'm going to be absolutely ecstatic cuz I think he could do outstanding stuff um but to be fair again he left on his own accord he didn't resign it wasn't a situation where he got dropped um so i am i'm excited to see what he does i really am
1: yeah like i said nothing that i have to do has anything with my desire to see him wrestle it's just literally i mean so many people coming in you got to find spots for Keith Lee. You got to find bo- spots for Buddy Matthews. Oh, the new announcement that I almost forgot about. You got to find spot uh, spot for uh, uh, Shane Strickland. Who, yeah, that you know, was a thing too. They you know, got announced AEW. You got there's only three hours of national TV. Three hours of national TV. About what? Five six hours of TV, including the YouTube. You got to right. find some way to feature everybody. You have an on art tournament coming up. You have all of these things that uh, you got to find some way to, you know, book all these people. So, you know, it's just I don't see a spot for them. I might be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I very well might be wrong, but I just wanted to, you know, just kind of threw it out there in my thought process on it.
0: Yeah, but again, he—if they want him to be a matchup there for like somebody to really go after in that tournament, like they could be really interesting. But again, whatever he decides to do, I will be watching because Cesaro is unreal levels of good. He's so good, but. That is going to do it, though, for this episode of All Things Elite. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show every single week. Make sure you guys continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform – Give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, and you can also leave a donation through Red Circle if you feel so inclined. We are at ATElitePod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to my friend Floyd so he can take us home for this episode of All Things Elite.
1: Hey, we are getting through the end of February. Hope everybody's enjoying the programming and uh, uh, enjoying us. I've I'll, i I'll never say this, but if you want to hit us up at AT elite pod and let us know anything that you can prove it and improve anything you may, we don't talk about that you may want us to talk about or anything like that. Let us know uh, if you want to throw questions, I'd rather you, you send it to the Twitter cause I don't really check the Gmail all that much. So just, you know, just tag us and then let us know what you want to talk about. Uh, we love interacting with everyone. Uh, uh, Ryan Evans, Is a frequent tagger of us, so I appreciate that, and I appreciate everyone that listens a second. But, uh, yeah, as we get out this week, I'm just going to leave you with Take Care of People. Uh, It's, you know, you don't know, you know, and not bringing it down, but you don't know how long you got with everybody. So tell them you love them. Tell them that you're there for them. Tell all the things that it seems weird when people tell other people. Tell them. It it won't hurt. It, it all well. It might be uncomfortable for a second, but they'll get used to it. I I tell my male friends that I love them all the time, and it is the weirdest thing for them at first. And then if I don't say it when I get off the phone, they're like, "What the hell is that?" So believe me, they get used to it. But yeah, I I uh, as I've gotten just a tad bit older in life, I've just been like i remember all the stuff i wouldn't say when i was young because you know i was like nervous or embarrassed or whatever and screw it you got one of these live it live and love hard so with that i leave you with the way i always leave you whether it's home work or school always do your best to be elite